0: Come to da death kick let go. Hey, yo.
1: Hey. Oh, oh, oh. Here he comes. You all ready? I don't think you are ready.
2: Huh? Uh, uh.
0: Jeff Key coming at you, the over circumcise
2: you. Travel the world tell the jokes, eating eggs with no fucking yolks. Low cow slow cow, he pulls out the knife and he strips your gal. This is his podcast. Maybe this one will last. Probably not the one that he's got. He's only had minor success. That's why he brought ND to the M to the X. He's finally about to blow. Welcome to the Jeff Key
0: Show.
1: Jeffrey what's up everybody all right I am back and uh gonna throw down a quick little pod got a lot of things to do today so hard to get the pods out but before I start really quick let's throw it over to my buddy Dirty Jay Leno So, uh, Amazon owner Jeff Bezos and his wife are getting a divorce. Have you heard this? Amazon owner Jeff Bezos and his wife are getting a divorce. The papers are being sent with free two-day shipping.
0: <laughs>
1: his soon-to-be ex-wife will be seeking half his assets, which is 23 bajillion zillion dollars. <laughs> The Oscars are going without a host this year after forcing Kevin Hart out. Just when they thought they were safe from controversy, a 2009 tweet from the little gold Oscar statue surfaced where he said, Is there anything more disgusting than the lifestyles of the silver statues? (laughs) All right. Thanks, Dirty Jay Leno. Um, Trying to write more... uh monologue jokes takes time everything in the news though is about the president and it's just enough right it's too much it's all the time it's every single day every single story i go on news sites and i'm like oh i just want to go to like the tech section like get some jokes about that maybe and it's like trump and then i'm like okay i'll go to the sports section it's like trump so it's a little just uh i'm just not it's i'm trying to keep it you know fun talk about everybody hears about that all day every day so um let's see happy new year and i got a last minute gig uh last week was it last week or it came back this week i can't remember anyways uh so i had to fly to cozumel mexico and jump on a cruise ship tell some jokes for a couple days It was a lot of fun i've uh, never been on this ship before so nice very nice like some of these ships are extremely cool to be on it's pretty interesting uh it's one of those things. I know a lot of people out there cruise. I was never a cruiser, so, uh, yeah. If you have the, if you have some cash, you want to take a vacation. I mean, they're pretty fun. I'm not <laughs> getting paid to say that. So, something that's pretty funny that comes up a lot. I do a joke in my act sometimes about how um, I can't talk to women after shows because I get weird because I've been doing stand-up so long and whatever. And so that's like when I used to flirt or whatever with women or meet women. So now I'm married, so I get weird or whatever. So I'm not going to do the joke. But anyways, I do a joke about it sometimes in my act. And whenever I do that bit, it's always early in my set. It just happens to just fit early on with uh, some of the stuff I talk about. So what's so funny is... That joke, if I do it every single time, literally every single time, if I talk to the audience afterwards, at least one woman will make the joke like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you because blah, blah, blah. And I'm not in the mode anymore of being on stage. And also that bit is not like it's not like my closing bit or anything. So I never even know what they're talking about. It always takes me. A couple seconds and then so i do end up just being weird after shows when they say that because i'm always like what oh oh okay all right so i was uh when you're working on a ship you don't know who you performed for you know what i mean when you're walking through the ship to get back to the you know back to your room or when you're getting the next night you're going back to the comedy club to perform so i was walking the second night i'm walking back and i'm just in my zone like just trying to get to the the comedy club. I'm not thinking about, you know, my show the night before or my shows the night before I would do four shows the first day I was there off no sleep. But, um, this lady was like, Hey, she's like, you were, you were amazing last night. I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. And I was, I thought I was kind of late. So I was just like, Oh, I actually got to go, you know, do, do some more shows right now. And then she's like, I'm not gonna, don't worry. I'm not gonna talk to you or whatever. She said something. And it was about that bit. And I had no clue. I was like, "What? What's going on?" And then I didn't want to. You know, you're working. When you're on the ship, you're working. You know, you have to be. You're an employee, so you have to be nice to everybody on the cruise. Obviously, well, I'm not going to be mean to anyone, anyways. But you have to kind of like go out of your way. So I'm not. Gonna, I didn't want to like brush her off, right? I didn't want to be like, "All right, bye, lady." So I walked over to her because I was talking to her. I was kind of like walking away. I walk over and go, "Oh, what's going on?" And then she's just talking to me about she's 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 trying to make a joke about that bit and i am so far removed from that bit because i don't even know which show i did it on on the four shows i did the night before i'm trying to figure out which show she was at because i did a couple uh pg shows where people could bring their kids and then i did a couple r-rated shows and i guess it was on r-rated shows but i you know, still so i'm just like oh like what show are you at and she's talking to me and like she has this look on her face. Like, I didn't realize what she was talking about until I walked away. And then another lady came up to me after one of the shows I did that night. And she was like, I saw you talking to that lady. And she's like, It was so funny because you had no idea what she was talking about. She was talking about that joke you do, and you didn't realize it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I have no clue. Like, I don't even know right after the set. But it's just so funny that there are certain jokes that always kinda spark a conversation or something with people like there's certain bits that people will reference if i do them they'll reference out of the show and there's a lot that they laugh at and they just never reference because but that one i guess is just plays itself right into you know them making a joke about after the show but it was a lot of fun uh what's kind of pretty cool is pr- kind of everywhere i go now I usually bump into at least one person who's in the audience who listens to my other podcasts. I do with my buddy Ian, the E&G podcast. So you could check that out and everything. Uh, it's E&G podcast. So what's funny, though, is mostly we started that podcast talking about the show The Bachelor. So most of our listeners are women. We do have men who listen. They write us all the time, you know. But most of them are women. And then when there are guys who have been at shows where i've been in different cities or whatever they uh sorry i keep sniffling they they're usually it's a guy like with his girlfriend or with his wife they're like oh we listen to your you know podcast whatever. this guy this like burly texan big guy just like manly man's man type guy he's walking by after one of the shows and he's like hey man great job i was like oh thanks sir but he was like you know still walking he wasn't somebody who's was stopping to talk like other people were And he goes, I love your podcast. And obviously I just started this podcast. I don't even know how many listeners I have. I haven't really checked, but I just started it. haven't really promoted it. I'm trying to get some content going and hopefully you guys spread the word. Um, so, I go, I just thought, like, because I have two, po- I'm pretty sure he was talking about the ENG one, but it was like, he didn't look like somebody that I picture listening to that podcast. So, I was like, which, which one? And then he, uh, he goes, the one you do with your buddy Ian? And I'm like, oh, right on. Yeah, of course. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. And I was like, what the fuck? That guy listened to our podcast where we mostly talk about The Bachelor? I mean, we talk about other stuff, too. We talk about different movies and documentaries and, you know, social stuff and whatever. But uh, it was just... Kind of took me by surprise. So I never know who's listening. Um if you listen to this podcast, by the way, thank you. And if you haven't yet, please go rate it five stars uh in iTunes. That helps a lot. And if you want to email me, the my email's in the show notes, the Jeff Keith Show at gmail.com. Um I finally got after ye- years. I don't know if it's been two years, but it's been at least over a year. I've had an iPhone six that was just bricking out. Apple was totally trying to get me to get a new phone. It was so obvious. I called Apple support a long time ago. We're troubleshooting, like my GPS wouldn't work. It said it would say my phone is full, even if I deleted like basically everything. off. I could delete every video, every picture off my phone, delete them from the deleted folder, all that stuff, and then take two pictures and it's like, your phone's full, sorry, your phone's full. I'm like, how's my phone full? How does that make sense? Um, so my GPS wouldn't work. So I get lost a lot cause I'm terrible with directions already. And I have to drive all over the place all the time in Southern California for auditions and shows and everything. So anyways, I finally got a new phone and I got an iPhone XR and they don't have the thumbprint thing to open your phone on this one. It's facial recognition. And it freaks me out every time. It scan. I had to do a scan of my face where I swirl my face so it gets every part of my face. And I, the guy was like, "Yeah." He goes, "That's how you open it. You just look at your phone." I just look at my phone, and it opens. I'm not used to it at all. If anybody else has a XR, tell me if that freaks you out. It's technology is so weird now, right? Like, I don't think we realize it, but. All the jokes people used to make, like, oh, Bill Gates' house, I bet he's just got robots doing stuff and he just talks to the thermostat and says, like, oh, you know, put it at 80 degrees or whatever and all stuff. This, like, we have all this shit. Now I want to know what's at these people's houses. You know what I mean? Like, what are they really doing? Because we have all the stuff we would talk about. Like, oh, yeah, I bet, like, some, I bet, like, so and so has, like, a self driving car and it's like, now we have we're, we're on the verge of it. like people just having self-driving cars, and uh, Elon Musk built a tunnel system that he's starting in Los Angeles for Teslas to just go underground, and I don't know. It is my uh, point is I'm just not used to it. Um, another thing I want to talk about real quick is I've been traveling a lot uh, for years now. I've been t- touring, touring. I've been touring. I've been touring for a long time what is it about people on airplanes? They're the rudest motherfuckers alive. Like people, first off, the idea that no, what other situation will you be sitting in a seat and some guy is just rubbing his dick on your face or on your shoulder while he puts his bag in the overhead thing and doesn't even mention like, oh, excuse me, it's just like, I'm just gonna rub my cock all over your shoulder deal with it. We're on a plane. It's like, yeah, we're on a plane. It doesn't mean you get to rub your penis on me. Uh, people will, will cut in line to get on a plane when you can clearly see that the, um, not the tar, what's the tunnel, like the tunnel of the plane, the gangway, is that the gangway? I don't know, but I think it's the gangway. Anyways, when you can see it's still like backed up, people will still, as you're boarding, like try and cut to be like one in front of you. It's like, we have assigned seats unless you're on Southwest. I don't get that in but don't even give me start on Southwest. Southwest, if you guys don't know, I'm sure you know, they have boarding groups. Um, like board you have a number, like you're in you're A31, right? And then they tell you how to line up, and people try and cut in that line. It's like, yo, dude, I'm B15, you're B21. Why are you standing in front of me? Like you're clearly in the wrong spot. So this guy, I was in the aisle seat, and our plane lands. And I was trying. He didn't know what I was trying to do. He probably thought I was sleeping. But our plane lands, and I was just trying to get a quick little meditation in. Right. I had my headphones in, so I had my eyes closed, trying to get a little, little, little one in. Right. And there's a lady in the middle seat, and then there's this guy, younger guy. Not. He's an adult, but he's this younger guy on the um in the window seat. Right. As soon as the plane touches down, this guy reaches over and aggressively, like taps my arm to wake me up. It's like, motherfucker, first of all, I wasn't sleeping, but we just touched down. Have you ever been on a plane before? It's not like you hit the ground, the door's open, everybody runs out. You have to drive to the gate. You have to park at the gate. Then the, then the, it goes ding, and then you can unbuckle your seatbelt, and then people can stand up. So This guy, what is that? Like, Why does he feel like I get it? If I'm sleeping and everyone's getting off the plane, yeah, dude, hey, wake me up. I get it. We ju- The wheels just hit the ground, and he's like, yeah, man we're here, no, we're actually not yet, we're still on the fucking plane, dipshit, so this guy wakes me up, and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, then, this guy's rude, weird shit doesn't end there, you know what he does next, as soon as uh, we, we're we're in probably, what's probably like row like 25 or something, right, we weren't up near the front, so we're in like the middle of the plane, so people had like maybe just started, I don't even know if people started to get off it, I don't think they did so people actually i know they didn't so as soon as we stop and people are you know just starting now you can get out of your seat it's that moment on the flight on the once you land this guy says to me and the lady hey can you guys uh like can you let me out and we were right next to the bathroom that's on the middle of the plane so i was like okay this guy probably has to go to the bathroom of course like he just wants to go to the bathroom we just landed so we get out and, he, and we're like shoved into the aisle where you know we're just standing with a bunch of people who are just like crammed in there. and there was no reason for me to stand up yet, except this guy wanted to get out, and in my head, he needed to use the bathroom. Of course, I'm gonna let him out. Then he just takes the whole row to like kind of like get some space, put his uh, put his sweater on, tie his tie his little jean jacket around his waist, you know, just kind of stretch. And me and this fucking lady are just standing in the aisle, like, what the fuck is going on, dude?" can I get out and then you don't get out and we're just crammed up next to people. What a piece of shit. I hate that guy. If you can't tell. So I just don't get it. I don't get why people when they travel are such assholes. Like people are really, it's very weird. You ever see a lady struggling to get her bag in the overhead compartment and no one helps. I always help. I'm like, do you want me to help you with her bag? There's a, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the only one that does. It. I'm like the best person in the world. There's other people that do it, but a lot of times you're just watching some lady struggle Some little old lady, and people are just like, fucking, she better hurry up. I'm trying to get to my seat. Help her with her fucking bag. All right. There's some other things about traveling that I think I forgot, but I jotted this note down a while ago. Um, Really cool thing. don't have much to say about it, but uh, pretty cool. Ronnie Coleman, the best uh, bodybuilder ever. He won eight Mr. Olympias. He was on my cruise ship. And he was at my shows. He was at a couple of my shows. And uh, I thought when I was boarding, I had to board the ship in Cozumel. And I would not have known it was him. I followed some of that bodybuilding stuff back in the day. My dad used to be into it and stuff like Flex Wheeler and Ronnie Coleman and all these guys. Um, and was the like guy? Sean Ray. Sean Ray was another one. I know all these guys. So, well, I know three. Um, so, as I was walking... I saw uh, I saw this guy and I thought it was Ronnie Coleman because he was on one of those like motorized scooter things that like people, you know, if they, you know, have trouble walking. And the only reason I knew it was him was because there's this Netflix documentary that I think just came out about him and I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it because to be honest it's kind of sad cuz this guy was obviously had this the you know, one of the best physiques, if not the best physique ever. And then now he has all these, uh, you know, issues. Like he has trouble walking and they show him, you know, uh, he has to use those, uh, are those things where like you put your arms in? They're like, they don't look like, they're not, crutches go under your armpits, but these things you kind of like put your arms in, whatever. I guess those are crutches too. He kind of has to use those. So I was like, is that fucking, in my head as I'm boarding the ship, like walking to board the ship, I'm like, is that Ronnie Coleman? Because he was going the other way. And then randomly after one of my shows, this guy comes out to me. I said nothing about this during my set. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, Ronnie Coleman's on this ship. And I don't know why that guy thought that I would care or know who that is, but I did care. And I did know who that is. And I'm like, is he? I go, I thought I saw him when I was boarding the ship. So then in my head, of course, I'm like, that'd be cool. if Ronnie Coleman came to one of my shows and then he liked me. Right? Like, I mean, it doesn't matter, but you know, it'd be nice. And then, uh, At one of my shows, I'm on stage and thank God it was one of the adult shows because those shows are just more fun. There's not kids in the audience and the crowd is just way more into it. Um, I'm looking over and he's like on an aisle seat, obviously, because he's in that scooter thing. And in my head, the show's going really well. And I'm like, that's fucking Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman is at my show and he is cracking up. Like he's laughing more than other people. You know, I love this. This is, this makes me feel good. (laughs) So, Toward the end of my set, I said, hey, guys, I got to get out of here. And this comedy club was packed, by the way. The ship was really nice. And the comedy club, the comedy clubs on the other ships I've done seat probably, I think, 400 and 400 maybe or 420 or something like that. Um, These seat 220. So it was kind of cool because uh, when it's packed, it's like it just felt more like a comedy club. The other rooms are like, not saying they didn't feel like a comedy club. It's just like a more spread out, bigger. People are at booths, booths. Booths? Booths. Booths? Booths or booths? Booths doesn't sound right. Anyways, so it's just like a... My point is like when people are just sitting in chairs and they're more close together, that's better for comedy because laughter is contagious and whatever. It's just more fun. It's more fun for them. It's more fun for the comics. So um, what was my point? Oh, yeah. So uh, it's packed. It was completely packed, like standing room only. So there's at least 220 people in there. I had this great set. And so uh, at the end of my set, I said, hey, guys, I got I to get out of here. But before I do, I go, this has been like bugging me the whole time and say, but I oh, don't know. I said, and then I pretended I didn't know. And I go, are you Ronnie Coleman? And then he was like, you know, like nodding his head, but he was like kind of still laughing at something I said. And then I'm like, guys, I, and like a lot of people were like, Oh, but like a lot of people don't know, I guess, you know, who Mr. Olympia people are like bodybuilders. So I was like, guys, you know, who this guy is He's like the best bodybuilder in the history of the world. And then uh, everybody starts clapping and I let them clap for like a second and then i go guys 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 before like hold your applause for a second isn't that crazy like what are the chances that the best bodybuilder in the world and the best comedian in the world are in the same room at the same time and obviously i'm just making a joke everybody laughed and then after the show ronnie coleman came up to me and he was like hey man and he, like shook my hand he's like oh i was like laughing too hard to answer you and blah blah, blah. And i'm like god fucking you and me ronnie let's go lift weights i was hoping to bump into him in the gym And then i saw him at the last show i did on the ship he was also there which by the way so funny so the comedy club manager um you're supposed to do different sets on these cruise ships right you're supposed to have i'm new so i have to have at least three totally different sets 30 minute sets which is okay and um so on this ship it was like a different structure of how many shows he actually did extra shows in two days i did seven sets supposedly for seven different audiences. But what happens is people come back, right? So I had to do my first two sets were PG. So PG, I don't do like a kid's show. I don't have a kid's show, but I do, you know, my material that you'd probably see me do at a comedy club and it's just stuff is clean. Like it's stuff. I'm not talking about sex. I'm not cursing. So I could do it and kids can be there. And you know, kids, some of the jokes, kids obviously like more than others because I'm doing like goofy accents or something, but the parents usually like it, the adults. And so I had to do two back-to-back pg sets and it was supposed to be the same set and then the first night and then the the second two sets i did the first night my third and fourth set were my adult show and then that was supposed to be the same adult show and then the next night i thought i was doing my second adult show twice right so the one i haven't done on the ship yet and then the third show was like this show i do with the other comic who's on the ship and we're doing like the big, huge theater, and it's like the big send-off show type of thing. We only had to do 20 minutes. So I was like, all right, whatever. I, I look at the the list, and I'm like, why are my adult shows so early? 6.15 and 7.15? And I look, and they said PG. And I'm like, am I doing PG shows again? So then I hit up the comic Club Manager. I'm like, hey, Ben. I go, am I, uh, am I doing more PG shows tonight? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, but don't worry. This ship is so big. And the comedy club is so small, you don't have to worry about repeating. He's like, so you can do the same PG show you did yesterday. I'm like, yeah, because I only have one PG show really that I do. I mean, I have other stuff I can do, clean it up. But I don't know if I have like a whole thirty that I've loved, that I worked out, you know. And he's like, yeah, no, no. He goes, it's fine. He says, it's fine. They, you know, you can. The, the ship is so big, so it's going to be a new audience. So was it a new audience, guys? <laughs> yeah, some people, but then there were people who were at the other shows and their kids wanted to come back and they wanted to come back and they were like, oh, that was fun. That guy was funny and he was like safe for our kids. So let's go see him again. So, I mean, I told the guy, I'm like, look, dude, I'll switch it up. Like I'll take some stuff from like other, from, you know, material. I'll take a lot, some material I haven't done. I'll like mix it up but I go, a lot of the stuff will probably be the same. You know, probably be like 60, 40s, like 40 new, maybe, maybe 50, 50. The point is guys, it is weird if you're going to do the same stuff in front of people you know have seen it, even if it's only 15% of the audience has seen it, it's still just like a weird feeling because you just feel like, ugh, they've seen it. It's it's like, I don't know. I, I guess it's the same as if you know I did, which I haven't obviously, but if I did like an hour special on HBO and it was a big hit and then people came out to see me at a club and I'm doing the same exact set, <laughs> people would be like, no, oh, no, we like this. That's why we came to see you. We want to hear what else you had to say. So that's the thing about comedy. It's not like music. You can't just be like, oh, here are the hits. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, the hits. <laughs> I came for the hits. People are like, it's a joke. Even if you still like the joke, which I have had people on another ship, like sometimes the kids, you know, the, the PG shows, especially people will come back to hear it again. And was and one kid was so cute because I was joking around that he was at, like, uh, the other show already. He'd already seen the show the night before. And he goes, but I like the jokes the second time just as much. Such a cute little kid. So, But of course, you're not going to laugh, though. Even if you still like the joke, you're, you're enjoying it, but you're not laughing. So it's just like, ugh, it just kind of feels weird. So anyways, so then um, it wasn't too bad whatever, and I mixed it up. So this is my point. So for my next two PG shows before that big send-off show, I mixed up my material. I did like a bunch of other material that I hadn't done on the ship. So then people saw some of that, right? Then for the big finale show, the guy was like, "Ah, oh, don't worry, just do 20. You can do whatever. You can repeat. You can do whatever you want because, um, you know, they, they haven't, you know, the ship's so big. It's gonna all new people, whatever. I knew that wasn't the case because people kept coming back to see me at other shows. So I knew they were like, oh, we're going to like, pro- some of those people will probably come again. So as I'm walking into the big huge theater and i go to go backstage there was a lady on stage um you know doing some bingo or something before the comedy show and i heard her as i walked backstage uh, up these stairs she was like who is that or whatever blah blah you know like is that is that like a crew member or something and i heard like a bunch of people from the audience that's a he's a comedian so it's like they fucking know who i am they've been at my show so like right away i'm like okay great so maybe it's just a couple people but i feel like it's more so me and the other comic are uh, on the ship and then uh, or backstage I mean obviously we're on the ship and they were like oh who wants to go first who wants to go second and we were like oh neither one of us care and the other guy was like I'll go first I'm like all right cool so he's out there and he's doing great this guy's been doing ships for like 16 years nice guy and it sounds like he's doing great audience loves him so I go out there and I'm like okay in my head I'm thinking I'll mix it up if I have to but you know it sounds like I could just kind of do whatever supposedly this is a whole new audience for the most part I do my first joke that usually does this joke that usually does really well gets almost nothing, right? Like almost nothing and then I go, "Um, were you guys at my other shows?" And then like a bunch of the eyes like, "Yeah." And I go, "Okay, cuz they told me this is going to be a new audience." Because the ship is so big. I go, but you motherfuckers keep showing up to see me. And then they all started laughing. So thankfully I got like I opened them up with that. Cause that is such an embarrassing feeling. I do a joke, and it was a quick one. Luckily, I didn't soap It's a big long thing, obviously. And uh, it gets like almost nothing. Just kinda eats shit, to be honest. And then so I made I made a joke about the situation. Everybody starts like laughing real big, and I'm like, alright. I go, and by the way, guys, I had burnt probably an hour and a half of material already Cause I did those two other PG shows and I mixed up what I did in those things. I did new stuff in each one. Those weren't the same. So I'd done a bunch of material already. So then I just, I chose, uh, I picked some stuff that I hadn't done yet and I did that and it was fine and it went really, really well, but it was just funny. Just the idea of, oh yeah, don't worry about it. It's gonna be like all new people. And it's just not all new people at all. Ah, okay. So that's it for the ships. Um I'm going to Calgary. If anybody is listening in Canada and Calgary area, I'll be at the Comedy Cave this week coming up. Not this week, next week. Next week. So January 15th through the 20th. I'll be at the Comedy Cave in Calgary. I've been there twice already. I really like the owner. It's a small club. It's a lot of fun though. Uh so comedy cave in Calgary, and then I have to stay an extra day and do a private show for the Jews because I did it once and I was in Calgary and cuz I'm Jewish and then the lady wanted to hire me again and so I have to stay an extra day but whatever I kind of kind of want to get home miss my kids miss my wife all right so if you want to come out to Calgary Comedy Cave January 15th through 20th um I thought of this the other day remember when text messaging came out and Do you remember the jokes comedians would make? I think Joe Rogan had a bit where it was like, why are you texting me? Why are you writing me a message? Just call me. Like, why are people writing? Like, just call me. And that was like a big thing. A bunch of people were just like, why are you writing? Just call me. Just pick up the phone and call. Isn't it weird how quickly everything changes and we forget? Now it's weird if you call. Right? People, sometimes you'll call someone, they won't pick up, and they'll text you back immediately. I just think that's so strange how society like we just change so fast even i've talked about this for years how the cell phone how if you guys remember when cell phones first came out they were big right i like the big zach morris car phone type thing and then it got smaller and smaller and it's all about look how small it is right and it was at, at the height of like that was probably remember when the zoolander came out the big joke was he has this tiny little flip phone and he opens and he's like, hello. Right. And it's like 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 the size of not even like his whole mouth. And that was the joke, how small they got. And then it became like, that was the whole pitch. Like they just kept making phones smaller, smaller. Like, look how small it is. It fits here. It fits here. It's so tiny. Look how little it is. And then it became, it's hard to hit those little buttons, right? This, this phone's bigger. Look at this screen. It's a bigger screen. And then it's like, it's just this this curve where they go small, 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 and everyone, we're all just buying it. We're like, yeah, I need smaller, I need smaller. And then it's like, too small. We need big, 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 big. And then now people have these cell phones, some of them I've seen, that are huge. It's like, is that a iPad or a cell phone? So I think it's so strange how just we function as people, how texting was such a weird thing to like a certain age range. And then it became, oh, you're calling? That's weird, why are you calling me? Just text. I think texting is, I think we all agree, it's just more efficient, right? Sometimes you don't want to get into a whole phone call and do like a, oh, hey, hey, what's going on? Hi, how are you? Okay, great, when sometimes you just need to get, like, hey, there's the information you need. Blah, 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 you know what I mean? My wife wants to text me, because she's in a rush, and she could just text, hey, uh, you know, be blah, blah, blah at this, at this time, at this place, I need you here, whatever. Like, instead of just picking up, hey, how's your day going? Okay, great, blah, blah, blah. It's like, sometimes I don't have time for that, so now there's voice notes and everything, so. Technology is just super weird. Um, speaking of which, I, I'll do this first, and then I have a couple things, and then we'll wrap up. Um, I was home by myself yesterday, and after the gym, I'm in the shower. And I like to listen to Mario Lanza, and a lot of Mario Lanza stuff is like opera, you know? And I put my phone in the little, like, uh the little towel holder, I don't know. This little thing, little wooden thing that my wife has. I don't know what anything is called, it sounds so dumb. And so, because it amplifies the noise, right? So, I'm in the shower and I'm listening, I'm like washing my hair, and I'm listening to this Mario Lanza singing this opera music. I'll put the song in maybe at the end of this podcast I if I can find it, uh, if I can find the audio of it. And uh, I have it on my phone, I don't even know what I'm talking about, anyways. If I find a way I can, that I know how to put it in the podcast, I'll put it in the podcast. So I'm listening to this just so you got to picture it. And then I'm thinking, I feel like I'm setting up the scene for someone to break in and murder me. Just fe- felt like that. You know what I mean? I'm just in there. I'm at home alone listening to this opera music. Just seems like the time when someone comes in, stabs me to death. I don't know. That's kind of a weird thought, but I told my mom. She laughed. Maybe she just likes the idea of me being stabbed to death. Just kidding. She doesn't. Okay. So, um, all right, a couple of things. I randomly started watching yesterday at the gym these kung fu videos just of real kung fu, like masters or whatever. Guys, go on YouTube and type in real Shaolin kung fu guys or whatever. These, it's so weird that I mean, I'm so interested in other people, I'm so interested in other societies and other groups of people and how everyone lives and how everyone thinks and stuff these people really exist. They could, I'm watching these, these, it's footage of just people. It's not from a movie, it's not some fake thing, it's not CGI'd. These guys are really out there, they're breaking bricks, and I'm saying like, okay, you can break bricks, but they're like breaking them like it was, you know, like four bricks, and there's just like, some guy's holding them, and then some guy just like slams his arm down, and they break perfectly in half. They're standing there with their legs spread open, and another guy is just kicking them violently in the balls. And they're just taking it, like they're just not moving and taking it. And then, and then the guy goes on behind him, starts kicking him straight like in the asshole. And they're just standing there, like this is my thing. I get the whole mind over matter and all that stuff. And okay, you can you can absorb the pain; it doesn't hurt you anymore. And like you've whatever you've trained and all. What is what do your dick and balls look like though? You know what I mean. Like, say I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, you can kick me straight in the groin, and I I can take that. I am fine. I am a master of my own body or whatever. But there's still a physical structure to your penis and your balls, right? Like, what the hell does that look like down there? I wanna see. Are you just like at dinner later, just mashed up balls and dick? I, I just have no idea what's going on with that. These guys, there's like a video, they're all just standing on their heads. Just, like, a, I'm talking, like, a ton of people, too. So, like, I was just watching this going, any one of those guys could just murder me in probably five seconds. You know what I mean? I took karate when I was younger. Those guys would absolutely obliterate me. Uh, what's some other stuff they're doing? They just have, like, these uh, these steel, like, uh, not steel, these big, like, concrete things, and they're doing, like, sit-ups, but they're rolling it all over their body. Uh, there's this one part of the video where they're talking about how they harden their skull? It's like the brain is the most important like part of your body because it's your mind. It controls everything, right? So the only protection for your brain is your skull. So this is how you. So this. So they're hardening. It's like the guy's doing voiceover. So what they're doing is like hardening your skull. So it just shows guys being held by other guys, and they're slamming them into not a wall, but like some really like like some some hard bag or something. I don't know what it was, but they just kept slamming his head into it. And they go, "If you do this for two hours a day," um, oh, what was the other thing? It said, like, "Oh no, it said hit yourself in the head with your palm for two hours a day to harden your skull." And then also they did they showed the guys swinging the guy's head into something, and they go, "And then also do this for another two hours a day." And over, if you do this for a year they believe that your skull is four times harder. It's like, <laughs> what? Four hours a day of just hitting yourself in the head? And then, like, yeah, I guess. Um, what was the other shit that, oh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue that they were doing. It's so strange, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll put in the show notes some of these kung fu videos. Um, oh yeah, there's another thing. All these guys are just lined up. Their feet, okay, there's like a stick. And uh, I don't even know if it's pointy because there was another one where a guy just balancing on a triton, so it's like a, a metal triton, which so it means there's a point. It's on his stomach, and he's just he's just floating, not floating, but like balancing on this thing. And then he get and they talk about how you harden your stomach. Um, I know the other thing I was thinking, and I'll get to the last thing. There's a show this guy just like punching a wall, like a brick wall, but there's pieces of paper that he's punching. It's probably like I don't know, I'd say probably like ten pieces of paper. And he's just violently just punching this wall, punching the paper. And they were like, you know, the fists are used for fighting, but the fists are actually very fragile. So, and you know, they can break and everything when you hit people or whatever. So you have to harden your fist. So they go punching a wall, like punching paper on a wall for two hours a day will harden your fist. And I'm like, whoa, dude. So is that like two hours each fist? Cause I saw the guy just throwing rights just straight at the wall, like bam, 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 bam. And then they lifted up the paper and there was a hole in the brick wall where his, like the size of his fist. It's like, geez, man. Like that's what you're doing with your life. Isn't that crazy? You know what I did today? I woke up, like brewed some coffee in a Keurig machine for my wife and I, brought my kids downstairs, put them in the, like, changed their diapers, put them in the car you know, now I'm doing, I had some coffee myself after my wife and kids left, you know, drank some water, you know, drank some coffee, watched the end of, uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Cause I fell asleep last night while my wife was watching it. And now I'm doing a podcast. There's people out there that are like four hours a day. I bang my head against something another four hours a day, bit punching walls with my fist, the heart of my fist. All right. So the last thing that, uh, these guys did that were just blowing my mind. And I, I can't even remember all the things. So it's like every single thing. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay, so there's all these guys lined up in a wall. And there's like a stick. And the stick is going, looked like straight into like their belly button, but like whatever. And they're just, their feet are on the wall. And they are parallel to the ground. They're just perfectly parallel. Their head and their feet, everything is just like a straight line. It looks unbelievable. Like it looks fake. It looks like, How do you do that? So they're all doing it. That's the thing too. It's not like one guy. It'd be interesting if, you know, you see like one person, you're like, oh, okay, this one psycho trained to do all this weird stuff because he, you know, performs at halftime shows of hockey games and basketball games or something, right? This is just like hundreds of guys doing this. Where are they? Am I allowed to hang out with them? If I go to where they are, will they let me in? Can I kick it for a day? I think the answer is no. I think you gotta, that's like, you know what I mean? That's like Disneyland's club 33. Like you can't just get in. You got to know somebody. So anyways, these guys are blowing my mind. All right. Last thing. Is this the last thing? Oh yeah. And then I'm going to talk at the end about just how I think everyone is, uh, everyone's become so stupid about, uh, I, I just don't like, I don't like politicians. I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, so, anyways, I don't like the way politicians in the media manipulate everyone to hate each other. But before I get to that, I watched this movie, Hell or High Water, and it came out a couple of years ago, 2016. Chris Pine, that guy is fucking gorgeous. Okay. I have no problem talking about when I see another guy who's good looking. I don't, I'm not like one of those guys, oh, it's fucking gay, bro. It's gay, man. I don't care. Guy's good looking. I'm like, that guy's fucking good looking. You know, another one, Chris uh, Helmsworth. What the fuck is going on there? That guy is gorgeous. So anyways, Chris Pine though, man, this guy's hair is dope. His face is like perfect. I mean, if there's any women listening, email me, hit me up on social media. My social media is uh, my Instagram and Twitter. I always try and mention how bad I am at that. I try and put stuff up there and I don't know how to get, I don't know how to get people to tag things. Like people will be like, oh, this is so funny. I love it. But they don't tag anyone. So just my name, Jeff Keith, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H at Twitter and at uh, Instagram, so anyways, Chris Pine, dude, that guy, he just kind of looks like a perfect man, I want to hear from some ladies, or some gay men, what do you guys think of Chris Pine, I think this guy is gorgeous, right, he just looks perfect, he looks like he has like a seven and a half inch penis, but it feels like eight, you know what I'm talking about, um, you know, he fucks you for like 20 minutes, and you're like, he leaves you wanting more, but like, He also lasted a good amount of time. I don't know why I'm thinking about all these sex things, but I don't know. That guy's just a really good actor, really good looking, got great hair. I notice hair a lot more now because my hairline has just been creeping up and up. I'm not bald in the back at all. I don't even think it's thinning, to be honest, but my hairline has just gone from... I never had like a low hairline, but it's just... I'd say it's a solid at least half inch higher than it was. So now when I'm watching... Movies and stuff, I'm like, okay, that guy's got great hair. Look at that hair, this thick and, you know, texturized. He's also a great actor. Some people, man, there's a lot of jealousy in this world. I I have a theory that every single negative character trait stems from insecurity. Think about, like, what yourself and think about what, you know, if you're being honest, just in your own head, you don't have to say it out loud to anyone or admit it, I guess. But admit it to yourself, like, your negative character traits, what is that rooted in? I think it's insecurity. I think it always comes back to insecurity. My point is, some people just, you know, genetic lottery, right? Some people are, you know, sometimes they say about actors like, oh, that guy's just good looking. It's like, there's a lot of really good looking people who can't act at all. And Chris Pine, I think, is a great actor. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are jealous of athletes. Oh, that guy just, you know, if I I was 6'8", it's like, there's a lot of 6'8 guys who are not playing in the NBA. You know what I mean? a lot of hard work and natural ability goes with it you know people i always hated when people like to think that uh, athletes are all dumb just because they're kind of jealous that they're not athletic so they're like oh all athletes are stupid yeah there's some dumb athletes but there's also some like really smart ones you know what i mean so i don't like uh i just don't like the jealousy but my point is chris pine is perfect somebody prove me wrong all right so i'll probably do a man crush every so often because uh just a lot of a lot of savages out there. I would never want to be anyone else for a day or anything like that, but Chris Pine seems to be killing it in life. All right, so here's a... I don't like to talk about politics too much, but here's just like in general, just so everyone knows, uh, I did not vote for president. Here's what blows my mind, and I, I don't care who people voted for. I've been all over the United States. I've met people... I've talked to people at their shows. I perform for all sorts of people. I do not judge people based on like, Oh, you voted for Clinton. You're an idiot. Oh, you voted for Trump. You're a piece of shit. Like that is such a weird way to think. And I think that the internet and social media and the the media, all of it is just like polarized everybody. Right? So we all know if you don't, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, but you know, if you go on YouTube, so like, like I was just talking about how I was like, oh, I've been watching these kung fu videos. Guess what? I watched one kung fu video and now I'm just getting a shitload of um, things up on my YouTube homepage. Like, oh, do you want to watch this Shaolin kung fu video? Do you want to watch this one? So that's what goes on on the internet, like on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on, uh, on YouTube, on all of it. What you look at, they feed you more of that. So people all get their news from. You know, uh, people like to say, like, oh, Fox News is super biased. Fox News, their opinion hosts are all conservative. All their opinion hosts are conservative. Also, during the middle of the day, the boring shows, I used to watch those. Those are just hard news. Those are just, like, guys going, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, Trump said this, and then the Democrats are saying this, and Nancy Pelosi said this, and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just hard news, but that's not what people – that's not what gets the ratings. On MSNBC, the the highest-rated show is Rachel Maddow's show. She's super – left wing. She's super biased. Like she's Sean Hannity on the left and Sean Hannity is like super biased and whatever. But it's like people just, that doesn't mean like everything Rachel Maddow says is wrong. It doesn't mean everything Sean Hannity says is wrong. I, they, they both make points or whatever. And depending on your own opinions on stuff, you might agree with one more than the other. But my point is it's all just like funneling you into one side and you just get deeper and deeper on that side. Like if you're watching YouTube videos of like oh, look how dumb the Republicans are. You're going to get a ton of videos that are just mashed up of like, oh, here's this Republican saying something dumb. Here's this another one lying. But guys, that exists on the other side too. If you're watching videos where it's like, oh, these Democrats are all corrupt. There's like a ton of shit, like all that. So my point is I did not vote uh, for president. I think it's crazy. This is what blows my mind. I've been saying this for years now. I've been saying this since 2015 or whatever. Yeah, whenever Trump first started running, and it was him and Clinton, maybe that I don't know, 2016, whatever. I'm saying this, they were buddies. Like Ivanka Trump and Chelsea Clinton are like besties, or like they were besties, right? And like you know the the Clintons came to Trump's wedding and stuff. And so I'm not saying like I don't like any of these people, right? So uh, that doesn't mean every single thing Hillary Clinton says is wrong, and every single thing Bill Clinton says is wrong, and everything Trump, every Trump says is wrong, but they 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 say things that are true sometimes. They also they're they're just like to me, they're just like corrupt, power-hungry liars. But for some reason, so many people seem to be so in the camp of one or the other. It's like, guys, they were friends for like 30 years. You know what I mean? It's so weird to me that people don't realize that. And um, what was my main point? Oh, yeah. So uh the big thing right now, the government is shut down and I mean, if anyone pays even half attention, all these politicians are just in it for themselves. They're all about their side and winning and their side winning. And they'll do anything to make the other side look bad. When the government shut down, when President Obama was president, uh, you know, the Republicans were like, oh, this is Obama's shutdown. The Democrats were like, no, this is the the Senate shut it down. Right. And they blame I think they blame Ted Cruz a lot for it. And, uh, and now what? Now that Trump is president, the Republicans are like, this is the, the you know, the House. Like, that's their shutdown, right? Like, because they won't fund the wall and everything. And then the uh, Democrats are like, no, this is the president's shutdown. So it's like, it's so obvious to me that whoever side... Is, is in office, like they say it's not, and whatever, but for some reason, people are like, no, 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 and I know the circumstances are always different, but Obama, during his thing, they shut down the government, because Obama wasn't getting what he wanted, now Trump wants uh, $5 billion, $5.7 billion for his wall, right, here's my thing about the wall, all right, and for everyone, anyone listening, my <laughs> wife is Mexican, my father-in-law came here when he was five years old, not legally, but, you know, he's a very productive citizen, works, all this stuff. Pesach's a great guy, great family, all this stuff, right? So <laughs> the, the idea that there's a problem on the southern border with people coming from Central America and they're smuggling and, and drugs come in through, like, ports and everything, too. But there are people – there's a lot of stuff happening with people crossing the border – and the Democrats, I'm a registered Democrat still, by the way. I don't consider myself either one, but I'm still a registered Democrat. So if it, this is the thing. Whenever you talk about anything, if you sound like you're in the middle, which I'm in, like, in the, I don't know if I'm in the middle. On certain things, I'm more on the right. Certain things, I'm more on the left, whatever. But, like, I don't know if that's the middle. I don't know what the, I don't know if you average them together or something. But my point is, like, I feel like it triggers everybody nowadays. If you say anything that's not totally in lockstep with what they think, they think, Oh, you're, you're on the other side, man. You're on the right. Or like, Oh, you're on the left. It's like, no, I'm just me. I'm just, I have my own opinions. So there are videos of Chuck Schumer, who's the Senate minority leader right now, uh, saying that the, you know, now he's saying what the wall is stupid, doesn't do anything. They don't need any more fence or all this stuff. There's videos of this guy in 2009 and like other years talking about how great, like the the new security, they built some fence and all this stuff and it's good on the border. And then now everyone's people, you see my Twitter, it's like a bunch of like actors and comedians being like, walls are dumb, they don't do anything. Here's my thing. I was saying this to my friend the other day. I listen to people that actually live in that world about something. Like if I need medical advice, I'll ask a doctor. If I need, like, my my brother is a film editor and stuff. He knows about film editing and all that. Oh, my God. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. Of course, my dog. Trying to ruin. I'm just trying to wrap up this pod. So, my point is, if I need to know something about something, I ask people who work in that industry or know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? I'll ask a doctor if I have a medical question. Uh, my brother, like I was saying, is a film editor. And when I'd have questions about you know, film editing stuff or camera stuff, I'd ask him or I'd ask one of my other friends, my friend Adam, who does the same thing. So you go to people who know what they're talking about. If you guys had a question about like writing a joke, you'd ask me, right, if you knew me. so Or a comedian or something. I just don't see... Like my, uh, my buddy Ian, who I do my other podcasts with, he's a he works in the business world. He's a corporate guy and all this stuff, whatever. He's worked for all these different companies. I've asked Ian like, Hey man, how can I make my emails that I send out, like look more professional? And he's like, show me what you send. And then he immediately made it better. He was like, dude, break it up like this, do this, write it like this. Um, you know, he showed me how to do it better. I, I had a situation where I accidentally copied a guy on an email that was not supposed to be on the emails. It was supposed to be to my agents. And it was pretty embarrassing because it wasn't that embarrassing because I obviously didn't write anything shitty in the email, but he just wasn't supposed to be on it, and I thought it was kind of unprofessional of me to send that email to him. But he didn't seem to care. It turned out, but anyways, the point is I was kind of freaking out for a couple minutes, so I hit up Ian. I was like, "Hey man, I go. I just forwarded you this email. Like, I totally fucked up. I'm such an idiot. I go. How bad is this? Like, what? Like, how do I handle this? Like, what's the court? Because the guy I accidentally copied on thing was some corporate guy, and." Ian gave like I, my point is I go to him for advice about stuff I know he knows more about than me right so my point is when it comes to building uh more of a barrier on the southern border in the United States because we already have some by the way uh, I listen to the people who like work down there, you know what I mean like the people who some people say some people now are everyone's so dramatic on both sides some people are like the wall's gonna fix everything no it's not and other people are like, Yeah, people. Some people are like, "Well, we just need the wall, and then everything's great." It's like that's not true. And then other people are like, "A wall does nothing. It's pointless." I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense either. What wall is not point? What wall is pointless? Like, we have walls in our house. We have walls everywhere. Like, I know the the you know the Republicans are saying, bringing up like, oh, like these rich politicians have walls around their house and stuff. It's like that's not a bad point. Like, just because you don't like Trump." doesn't mean that that's a bad point. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to me. If it's really cold outside, if it's 10 degrees outside and you have a jacket, aren't you going to wear it? Like you're still going to be cold when you go outside, but you're going to be less cold, right? So the point is I've been listening to these guys that work on uh, the border I listen to people from like, they work for like Homeland Security and people that work on the Southern border. And these guys aren't, they don't come off political to me. I've heard multiple people be like, yeah, like a wall would really help. Like if we had like more fencing down here or a wall or something, like it it wouldn't solve the problem, but it would definitely like greatly help us do our job better and blah, blah, blah. And it would, you know, it would also deter people from coming. And a lot of these people coming from Central America through Mexico and people from Mexico and whatever, wherever they're coming from, you know, they're like, you know, they're 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 risking, like, their kids' lives and stuff. It's not, it's, like, a dangerous thing. And the reason they're doing it, because they think they have, like, a, a good chance of getting in. So, I mean, it's, like, on on every situation, in every way, it would kind of, like, help, it seems like. Help, not solve, help. Like, so, I just get so annoyed when people are, like, oh, it would do nothing. And it's, like, you're saying that just for political reasons, because the same people said they were for it before. So, it's just, like little things like that, I just I can't stand how people just don't take a deep breath and go, forget who I voted for. Like you're not I, I can't do it. the Democrats and Republicans, the fact that there's two choices, and I'm not some political expert, and I know a lot of people go like, Oh, why are there only two parties? There should be, you know, whatever. And then I but then you hear other people argue against that and their arguments make sense. But the point is, is like it's like a gang. If you I don't care if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican. But if you are like, oh, 100% of the time, whoever, like if it's a Republican president, I'm Republican, whatever they say I go for, no matter what, or if you're a Democrat and like whoever, if you're the Democratic president and you're like, whatever they say, I'm totally on board with. Like, that's just like a lack of thinking, right? Just think for yourself a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know, the the, the whole idea of... What's going on right now is, and people pretending it just seems so political to me. People pretending they're against something that they were, you're on tape saying you're for it before, and now you're complete, now you're saying it's, it does absolutely nothing. It's like, I just don't think people are being honest. You know what I mean? Just, well, I know people aren't being honest, but. Anyways, I just don't like how much it divides everybody. I feel like people are going to listen to this and some people will be like, "Fuck Jeff." <laughs> it's like, "Fine. I don't care anymore." It's just it's so dumb. Just like think for yourself. Don't join a gang. If you, you know, if you align more with the Democratic Party and you think that stuff's good, fine. Vote that way or whatever, but like don't take every single thing they say as like, "Oh yeah, that's that's how I think now too because you're not thinking. You're just repeating what you hear. And the same goes for the other side. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't see how that benefits society. And it's so weird because people nowadays, because of those algorithms and people get their news online and everything, you're, people only read one side for the most part. Most people, obviously. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the only person that like hears both sides. I'm saying most people, it seems like, most people that are online at least, everything is so extreme both both ways, Right. And it's because you're just, you're being fed this like, oh, you're going this way. Okay, we're going to push you more that way. Oh, you're going that way? We're going to push you more that way. And then all you, and then you think everyone who doesn't see the stuff you see is nuts and, and vice versa on the other side. So anyways, I'm going to leave with, uh, we'll play a little Mario Lanza uh, that you guys can hear what I was listening to in the shower. that will lighten it up, hopefully, if you're still listening and you haven't completely said, fuck Jeff. Um, and then, uh, afterwards I'm gonna put in a little, another motivational speech. So if you don't like Mario Lines, you can fast forward through it. And if you don't like the motivational speech, you don't have to listen to it. But I'm telling you, these motivational speeches, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a Denzel one. These are some good ones online. And, uh, this make you feel good. I feel like after you listen to him, you're like, I'm in a better mood than I was eight minutes ago. So anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, it's just my name, G E O F F K E I T H. Obviously, uh, if you haven't. Uh, listen to my other podcast with my buddy the eng podcast check that out please rate this one five stars and if you want to leave a comment feel free to leave a comment unless it's a shitty one then i don't care don't leave it okay uh all right thank you so much uh if you want to email me it's in the show notes the jeff keith show at gmail.com all right here's a little mario lanza unless i can't find it but i'm pretty sure i'll find it and then a little denzel motivational speech
0: to I come?
2: Fall forward. This is what I mean. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball. But you don't hear about the strikeouts. People remember the home runs. Fall forward. Thomas Edison conducted 1,000 failed experiments. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because the 1,001st was the light bulb. Fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. You've got to take risks, and I'm sure you've probably heard that before, but I want to talk to you about why that's so important. First, you will fail at some point in your life. Accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. In the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought. I'm I'm in the wings. I'm about to go on stage, but the guy in front of me, he's singing like 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 Pavarotti. He's just... He's just going on and on and on. So I come out with my little sheet music and it, it was it was uh, just my imagination by the Temptations. That's what I came up with. So I hand it to the, 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 the accompanist and uh, she looks at it and looks at me and looks out at the director and was like, But the next part of the audition, he called me back. The next part of the audition is the acting part of the audition. So I'm like, hey, okay, maybe I can't sing, but I know I can act. So they pair me with this guy. And again, I didn't know about musical theater. And musical theater is big, so they can reach everyone all the way in the back of the stadium. And I'm more from a realistic, uh, naturalistic kind of acting where you, you, know, you actually talk to the person next to you. I didn't get the job. But here's the thing. I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition, and the next audition, and the next audition. I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, but I continued to fail and fail and failed, but it didn't matter, because you know what? There's an old saying, you hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you're gonna get a haircut. So you will catch a break, and I did catch a break. Last year, I did a play called Fences on Broadway. Someone talked about it. Won the Tony Award. I, and I didn't have to sing, by the way. But here's the kicker, it was at the court theater. It was at the same theater that I failed that first audition 30 years prior. The point is, every graduate here today has the training and the talent to succeed. But do you have the guts to fail? If you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression to get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Les Brown's a motivational speaker. He made an analogy about this. He says Imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we, we came to you because you could have brought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes?
0: Thanks. Letting Legend... to my daddy.